Hello, and welcome to the eighth episode of Inside the Brain Of, where I will interview a manual therapist to get inside their brain and try to understand how they incorporate neurokinetic therapy into their approach to patient or client management. My name is Eric Nelson, and I'm a board-certified sports chiropractor and NKT instructor. If you are listening and you're not an NKT provider, hopefully this podcast will give you some insight as to what NKT is and how you can utilize it to help your patients or clients. Now, before we start, I'd just like to mention a few things. I recently started a Facebook page, so make sure you like and share with your friends the Inside Your Brain Facebook page. Also, these podcasts are now available on iTunes. So if you do utilize iTunes and enjoy the podcast, make sure you write a positive review. Thank you. Now, each episode, I'd like to offer some tips to NKT practitioners before I interview my guest. Previously, I talked about the importance of having a system when utilizing NKT, especially when learning NKT. I also talked about how it's a good idea to utilize a system to help organize your life, and that I recently listened to an incredible audio book called Getting Things Done by David Allen, which not only has helped me organize my life, but also allows me to be more relaxed when I'm with my family and friends because I'm not thinking about a ton of open loops running around in my head. In Episode 7, I talked about the nocebo effect, and how if you find 10 imbalances in a patient, it's a good idea to stay positive and downplay your findings instead of instilling a sense of despair. Now, we don't always know what a patient actually hears and how they respond, and unfortunately, while we might be excited about our findings, the the patient might take it the wrong way, and this can cause a limbic response, and nothing physically you do will help them. So please keep that in mind when you're working with your patients. Now, today on the Scholars page, Uh, I happened to read a post by uh, physical therapist Chris Stolginski, and he pointed out how he was treating a patient who had multiple concussions that presented with headaches. He noted how medicine wasn't having any effect, yet a simple NKT finding and treatment significantly helped the patient. But the take-home message was was that it's important not to do too many corrections or, or even perform too many tests on a patient that has had a concussion because you can easily overwhelm their nervous system. In fact, I had a patient today that has a history of a significant trauma to the point she could barely walk. With the help of an excellent trainer, she has improved significantly. The trainer sent her to me to help get her to the next level. Now, on the visit today, I noticed she was really struggling with her breathing. She was struggling a lot, and in fact, it appeared that she was almost panicking because she couldn't figure it out. Now, I was just going through my tests and trying to do stuff, but I, I immediately realized this, so I stopped, and then I helped her to improve her breathing patterns. In fact, we spent the rest of our time correcting this issue. By the, end of the sh- the, by the end of the session, she had figured it out and was actually able to exhale. She was much more relaxed and, in fact, walking and feeling much better. Now, the point here is, is that you have to know when to say when. Don't take a patient past their neural edge. You need to be able to recognize when the patient is approaching this point and peel back from there. If you go too far, you might never get them back. So please keep this in mind. Again, just like the nocebo effect, it's very easy to get excited about your findings, but you really need to pay attention, listen, and watch your patient and understand what they're telling you, either verbally or non-verbally. Because again, if, you, if, you, if you, they go too far, you might never get them back. Just simple points, you can stop, you can help them focus, catch their breath, exhale, and then you can move on. So I hope that helps. 
And as always, feel free to contact me on Facebook with any questions or comments you might have. Now, one thing I love about NKT is that there's a diverse group of practitioners using this technique. Each practitioner brings an incredible knowledge base to the technique, and as such, each person has a somewhat unique approach to how they treat their patients. You can find most of these people on the NKT Scholars Facebook page. This is a private page for all students that have taken a Level 1 NKT class. We have some very interesting people that utilize this incredible technique, and as such, I often wonder what's going on inside their brain. So that's why I developed this podcast, so that I could figure out what these people are doing. I have a whole list of people lined up down the line that I'm going to interview, but tonight I'm very excited for my guest. He's actually a chiropractor from Charlotte, North Carolina. He's NKT certified and also owns a CrossFit gym. And in fact, I taught my first level one class at his place. So tonight, I'm very excited to get inside the brain of Dr. Brian Stromp. Hey, Brian, how's it going? Good, how are you? I am doing wonderful. Thanks for joining me. Uh, it was great seeing you again a few weeks ago at Level 2 in New York. Uh, did you enjoy that class? Yeah, no, it was very good. I re- really liked it. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, uh, Level 2 really brings things to the next level. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think it was much easier. Uh, I don't want to say easier. That would be the wrong word, but much uh, simpler to kind of like wrap my head around. Like I went home that day and that Sunday night and understood everything as opposed to having to, like, read it on the flight home like I did the last time when I took it in Florida for the level one. Yeah, level one is a lot, you know, again, everybody learns at a different level, but, Mm -hmm. you know, you you get this information, and for most of us, myself included, it's a brand new way of thinking, and it's a little overwhelming. You definitely go past your neural edge with the level one class, and sometimes it takes a little while to... um, to really process it all. And I know you've had some time. Uh, unfortunately, there isn't, there hasn't been a level two down near you, so you've really had some time to work with the level one material and get very comfortable with it. So yeah, I'd imagine that the level two really was very easy to start to integrate. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was good. It was very good. Excellent, excellent. So, so let's um, let's start with your background a little bit here. Where did you go to chiropractic school? Uh, I graduated from Logan Chiropractic School in Missouri. In 2003. 2003. Now, how did you get to Missouri? Aren't you from New York originally? Yeah, originally from New York. I went to University of Stony Brook for my undergrad, and then I went to actually, uh, I started at Life Chiropractic College in Atlanta, Georgia, and then did my last 18 months in Logan, transferred over there um, because of some issues at school. Not my issues, but school issues. Yes, I, I remember that uh, time period well at that school, definitely. Great. So, we were, so you we got to Logan. Yes, we got to Logan, graduated in 2003, and then um, my wife and I moved to Cleveland, Ohio and to work there. We got pretty good jobs with a group of chiropractors outside in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and we lived there for about four or five years. Loved it, but the winters were horrible, so then we, well, I shouldn't say we, she, <laughs> we decided to move to uh, further south, and we just, we uh, quit our jobs, picked up, and moved knowing nobody to Charlotte, North Carolina. That was uh, eight, almost eight years ago. Did you open your own practice with her immediately? Uh, Is that what you did? No, so, job. Then, when, no then when we moved down here, we, we worked with another uh 
I worked with a group that was helped put um, like uh, doctors' offices in uh, gyms. Okay. And that's actually how I met Doctor Hargraves. Was okay. we worked together in the same group, and then uh, I got into CrossFit while I was in there, and then that's when I decided to put them both together. So I just separated from that group and then started my own thing. Started your own thing. Excellent. Now, um, before we jump into CrossFit, because that's where I want to spend a lot of time, is um, how did you first learn about uh, neurokinetic therapy? I think, I don't know how, you know, uh, people make fun of me that I'm on Facebook so much, but I try to explain to them, like, I learn more on Facebook than I learn on almost any other medium there is now, you know, between blogs and people that I follow. And I don't know how I found, um, I don't know, I I found the Stop Chasing Pain uh, Facebook page. And I just kept following that, and then Dr. Perry and... um, he must have mentioned it and mentioned it, and um, then I just started following it. And I went to the website, read some of the blogs, and uh, decided to take it. Uh, it must have been over a year ago in Tampa. I just was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to take this. You know, I got the book and started reading it, and uh, it was great. David taught my first uh, class. David taught the class in Tampa, and. Uh, that was it. So I, I don't really know exactly who. I don't think anybody told me. No, n- nobody told me about it. You know, right. kind of like how it. I might tell somebody. I just found it. And it was. It was definitely on that stop chasing pain, yeah. uh, either page or on Dr. Perry's page. Excellent. Yeah, that seems to be a common theme with most of us is that we saw right. it through there and heard about yeah. it, and then um, yeah, that's right. Because where you're at, there was nothing around there. So the first class was down. Uh, in Tampa, one of the first ones in Florida. Yeah. So that's right. You did. You took that class. That's 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 great. Yeah, like Spring Hill or something. Yep. Right. And then um, and then uh, you assisted me when we when you hosted the level one class at, at your place. That that was that, that was, was awesome. Not, that was in October, I think. Right. Yep. Yep. Last October. Yeah. That was that was awesome. And okay. Well, in addition to NKT, what other continuing education classes have you taken? Um, I've done the that FMS utilize education. Yeah. I've done the FMS certification. Um, I've done some various, not, um, it wasn't Graston or ART, but just some similar um, soft tissue manual therapy classes, and then just some uh, lumbar differential diagnosis things, stuff like that. Right now, you know, when when I was in Cleveland, Ohio, out the entire, almost 90% of the practice was workers' comp and personal injury, so it's been a big change when we moved down here, and a welcome change, not nearly as exhausting, um, dealing with PI workers' comp, so it just was a big change in um, my continuing classes and what what we've been doing, so um, a lot of stuff on just different types of rehab from, um, like, some of the Paul Check stuff, I said the FMS, some other great cook stuff, some other seminars there. Most of the stuff that I take now doesn't even, unfortunately, count for my continuing ed, and then I, I find 24 hours at the end of the year to take that uh, goes towards continuing ed for the state. It counts towards it. I know. That's, that's yeah. a funny thing. Yeah. Like I could take um, five hours on on documentation and sexual education classes that count, but I can't take stuff on actually 
help any anybody. Yeah, if I recall, like getting your license in North Carolina was kind of tough. Is it is it still yeah, that I way? It, uh, yeah, I, I think they have one of the higher. They're one of the few states that have like a, a higher minimum, or they have a minimum on Part Four that you need. Right. I don't know right. what that minimum is, you know, but um. But there they, is one. I, I know that they have. Yeah, I, I know there is one. Um, I mean, I, I don't pay too much attention to too much of the of that political stuff. Um, but I know for sure. I remember when we were. Uh, when my wife and I were, were looking at places, we're like, all right, good, both of the boards closure high enough that we don't need to, like, retake part four five years later, <laughs> you know, no kid, which, no which, which, which would have resulted in a, a horrific score. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't have been fun five years down the line. No, not at yeah. all. All right, cool. So, all right, well, a little bit of your background there. Now, um, when did you first get into CrossFit? How did you find out about that? Uh, I was, my, my office when I moved out here was in a gym. Uh, in like a, a global gym, <laughs> and uh, and I had a chiropractor that I'm friends with that was treating the owner um, Andy Hendel and Spencer Hendel, who who at that time was uh, he he owned and still does own uh, CrossFit Charlotte, and my my office was about five minutes away, and he's like, Brian, I think you should try this um this CrossFit thing. This was in 2008. You know, so well before, yeah, they were maybe 500 affiliates. I don't even know, hmm. you know. But there, there was there was only two in the Greater Charlotte area, and I was like CrossFit. I was like, all right. So I went in there the first day. I remember I did um, Filthy Fifty. I, I didn't finish, and um, that was your first workout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then, you know, there was no such. I mean, I don't want to say there's no such thing, but I mean, you know, it was it was much. It's much different now, you know, <laughs> or, or, or at least you hope it is. In the places, in the okay. good place that you walk into. Um, so I did fifty fifty. I didn't finish it. Um, I went back. Then I went back a couple of days later, and um, I started doing that. And I, me- I remember telling my wife, she's like, "Why are you going to work?" And I would go to work even earlier. You know, we opened at seven a.m. at that, that time, so I, I would go to like a five thirty or six a.m. class. Go there, do the workout, go to the gym, shower, go to the gym where my office was, shower, and then start my office. And she's like, why are you paying for a gym membership when you have membership free? I'm like, I, I don't really know. I'm like, this, thing is, this thing's pretty cool. It's called CrossFit. Um, we do all this stuff, you know, with a barbell and kettlebells and we're running, and it's pretty cool. She's like, all right, whatever, you know. And, uh, you yeah, know, I, I kept doing that, and I, I liked it, and then I started doing it in the gym, like how people are doing it now. Um, you know, I would I would take over, like, the spin area or some group exercise when there was nobody working out. And have like a friend or two, and we would do it together. We were probably some of the first people that were running around the gym to do your CrossFit workout in a in a big global gym. And uh, people would come up to us like, "Are you training for a fight?" I'm like, "No, I'm just <laughs> doing some stuff," <laughs> you know. And um, I, I I must have been doing it for a year and a half. And I, I, the reason why I got into it liking it was because the the owner was like, was you know when I, I noticed people were coming asking me questions. So instead of them saying, oh, you know, asking the coach, my back hurts, my knee hurts, my neck hurts, which I did, like, of course, Brian, he's a chiropractor, he can help you. So I got a couple of people refer to us, you know, re- refer to me in the gym, and people would just come up and ask questions. So I was like, oh, this is pretty easy, 
you know, this is simple marketing. You just show up to the gym and people ask you questions. I hated the setting of the, once I started CrossFit, I, I never really liked the setting of the global gym, but as I got more and more understanding of CrossFit and, and training differently, I, I, I really hated the, uh, um, the setup the of the traditional gym, um, from the set, from the sales to everything. So, um, I started getting some patience, and then I, I, I my, my old office was about 35 minutes away from where I live, and I told my wife, I came home, I was like, listen, I was like, I think, this was in 2009, I was like, I think I want to open up our own thing, I was like, what, what, what do you think about we open up our own office with a CrossFit, with a small CrossFit gym in the back, and an office in the front, and she's like, what? I'm like, it's not going to cost that much. Just make a gym. I was like, worst case scenario, um, it fails and this cross the thing, nothing happens. And it would be pretty cool to have a gym in the back of our office and a shower. And she's like, all right. You know, it really wasn't a huge, you know, it wasn't, but there was no fighting. And uh, so we, so then, you know, and, and then the next step was like, okay, how do I do this? Money, getting certified. Um, trainers, because I had an office to run. How do I find trainers? So I, you know, all that stuff came together, and then we got affiliated in 2009, and we opened in February 2010. Mm. And uh, we were the fourth affiliate in this greater Charlotte area within like 30 miles, like a 30 mile circumference around us. And now, I don't even know. There's probably close to 50. They're all over the place. That's crazy. Really blew up. Now, you mentioned you became an affiliate. So, what's the difference between a franchise and an affiliate? Why don't one of them also do franchises? Yeah. Um, I think, from what I gather, they want to give you, which I I appreciate. Um, in a franchise model, you know, they I think the the benefit of a franchise is that it gives you um, systems to how not to fail. You know. Um, right. Subway, Burger King, gas station, whatever, and uh, so it gives you these systems and a training system for you to, you know, for the franchisee to learn how to do everything. And affiliate, and then you pay a franchise fee, which you know, ten to hundreds of thousands of dollars, and then you pay them or whatever a royalty, a percentage of what 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 you know, right. what you collect. And this affiliate model, and I, I don't know the whole idea behind it. But the difference is you pay an affiliation fee, which allows you to use the trademark name CrossFit and say that you teach CrossFit. Uh, if you After you pass the, the certification, you could just say that you're a CrossFit trainer. You can't say that you coach CrossFit. You can't, essentially, you can't make money off the name CrossFit hmm. in, in, unless you're an affiliate. And that's what it comes down to. Um, so, so you pay an affiliation fee and... Um, Back, back, then, and it's 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 a yearly fee. Um, back in the beginning, you know, in those humble beginnings, some affiliates that I still know pay five hundred dollars a year. Hmm. Five hundred dollars a year is like forty dollars a freaking month, like nothing. Oh. And uh, we don't pay much more than that, but they grandfather you in. So those affiliates right. you know, that started in two thousand six, two thousand seven, I have no idea what it is now. Nor I mean, right. it doesn't affect me. Um, I know it's higher than that, and probably twice yeah. as much as what we pay. Um, but it really just gives you, you have to, you have to be, you have to pass that level one certification and you have to have, 
done a couple other things on an application, and then that allows you to, to be an affiliate to actually use CrossFit to essentially, quote-unquote, make money by it as far as marketing. Um, they don't really they don't really regulate where you can open or anything like no, that. So right? there's no yeah there's no and at the beginning I had a, a hard problem with that you know they don't regulate where you open you know there are some affiliates in some areas that are are doing really well that are only a mile right. away from each other and I think and then when I talk to a lot of I do some consulting for a company and um, with affiliate owners or doctors that are trying to do something similar to what we do. And I think being a chiropractor really prepares you to be an affiliate owner because as a chiropractor, you'd have no problem moving a mile down the road from somebody and opening up a new office. Right. It's nothing. I'm from Long Island and you're just a chiropractor and they're all over the place. Same thing in New Jersey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like, you wouldn't care if somebody moved in. You're not going to be like, oh, my God. I, right. I moved into a spot a mile away from a chiropractor has been for 30 years and there's been three others within two miles. Right, gotcha. So, yeah, that, I, so the like, affiliate, the affiliate that I have an office in, another one just opened up like 300 feet from. The, <laughs> from yeah, so you know, I mean, at, at 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 some point you have to think like, okay, just you know, be a little respectful. But um, really, there's so many people, and at this point now, like we're, um, we're so uh, ingrained like in the community around there. If somebody wanted to come by, and compete on price or facility or whatever, I mean, great. You know, it would force us to keep our quality up, which we do anyway, you know, but we're, we're certainly not the cheapest one there, and people are going to come and shop around. Um, but I think once... Well, once, once let, me, let me point something out, is yeah. you have an absolutely beautiful facility. It doesn't even compare to most of the ones I've been in. It's unbelievable. So that <clears> speaks for itself, I'm sure, when people come looking around. Yeah, we're certainly pretty fortunate. Um, and we've got an awesome group of trainers. Some of them have been with us since day one. Um, have been have been training with us where a lot of other affiliates, you know, um, uh, they have a lot of turnover. You know, they hire immature kids to be trainers and just a good athlete. I think we've got, uh, you know, uh, our youngest trainer is 21, but after that, I think it's like 21, 30, up to 55. So, you know, we've got a wide array of professional people right. that do the training. Um, so I, I certainly think that that helps a lot. Um, yeah, so like you said, you know, back to that affiliate model, they don't they don't give you any feedback. They don't necessarily give you any help. It's like if you're going to run a business, you should do what you need to do to learn how to run a business. And go for it. Either you succeed or you fail based on your own merits. Right. And uh, you know, right now I think the CrossFit thing is still kind of growing. But we've I've heard of a couple shutdowns. There's one uh, two miles down the road from us that shut down in January. And I'm sure there'll be you know a couple more as as it gets more difficult. It's still easy to essentially be an affiliate owner. But I think it's a lot more difficult now to get started when you've got these places that have been in the community and now have years and years and years of experience and members and word of mouth. And now places are spending fifty to hundred thousand dollars to invest in these in these places where back when we started it it wasn't like that, you know. So now they feel like they have to compete because they can't just come in and be in a, a you know, a thousand square feet. I mean, you, you certainly can, but it's a, it, it's a much longer road. We started in 1,600 square feet 
and now it's about 12,000 square feet. So when it, it, so some people just start at 10,000 square feet. And it's like, it's all, it's, a, it's a lot of money to be spending right away. Yeah. And you don't have anybody coming. Without a doubt. I agree. <clears throat> yeah, well, I've seen the one that I'm in now has grown tremendously. I mean, they started out of a garage, their garage. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Went to one place, went to the next place, and now, you know, double the size. They've got 10,000 square feet, and it's it's just, it's awesome. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty it. amazing. Like I, I was just talking to somebody the other day how another affiliate owner that I talked to a lot of just that what, what this has even become, like jobs that it's created for, like how many hundreds of millions of dollars it created for all different businesses. Not for, even if you take the affiliates out of it, all the other companies that from paleo to food to running to all these other things that have, that have um, come from CrossFit. Oh yeah, yeah it's all these jobs up. that 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 have been created, it's, it's I mean it, it's nuts considering that when we first opened it was like a total afterthought like oh we'll just put this little thing in the back and you know maybe it'll work maybe it won't we'll see. It's pretty amazing. You know? it's impressive what you've yeah. been able to accomplish without without a doubt. Maybe. You know, I mean right place, right time, passion, knowledge, combining your. Your chiropractor. I mean, it's just it, it's the perfect storm. So now let's yeah, jump yeah. into CrossFit itself. Um, you know, because it, uh, surprisingly, as big as it's getting, as big as these places are, nice as they are, and with the popularity of the CrossFit Games, which we'll talk about in a little while, there's still plenty of people that have no idea what CrossFit <laughs> is. I mean, I was just at a, 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 a ART seminar, and a couple people really <laughs> had never even heard of it. And that kind of was a little surprising. So yeah. can you just give me a, an overview of, you know, what's the philosophy of CrossFit and, um, you know, what it's all about. We usually tell people when they come in, you know, it's just it's a strength and conditioning program that combines gymnastics, weightlifting, kettlebells, medicine balls, um, running uh, with bodyweight movements and just combines it and takes all the stuff that you may have been doing in different aspects of your life into a pretty little package, you know, um, each, each class, at least, I mean, I can only speak for our affiliate, you know, every class we have is run by one to three trainers, depending on what time of day it is, and it, it'll combine elements of, like I said, the gymnastics or bodyweight stuff, something with lifting, with a barbell, um, you know, a lot of people come into the gym, you know, and they get scared because they well, they, they they come to a place and they get scared because they don't see anything that's that's familiar with them. So people talk about a lot of people might spout off like uh, functional movements performed at a high intensity, blah 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 blah. Um, and I don't really use that. Um, I know that's like CrossFit's thing that they talk about, and certainly functional movements are important. But then it's like, where do you stop? What's a functional movement like? for who and what are they doing and who's to say this isn't functional for the person that does whatever their job is, you know? So some people just say, oh, it's functional movement, that's why it's good, and I don't really take to that because I think what's functional for me and you might not be functional for the woman that sits at a desk all day. Right, right. You know, now on that, that sits on jackhammer or a truck driver or whatever. Um, it's, now, how but, do you, you determine, know, so when, when someone comes in your, in your, um, place what do you how do you determine where they should start we have a pro you know we we have a program where people come in and they start with this five classes called on ramp and it starts very simple when we coach it's oh i think the thing that separates us 
is our attention to detail and the basics. Why a lot of people think like these other like these other higher moves, a handstand push up, a muscle up, some other things are like the sexy moves, pushing sleds, doing all that other stuff, chains on a bar, you know, putting chains on a bar to, to squat, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you can't squat, like why are you putting chains on a barbell that's already like a dysfunctional squat or, you know, why are you doing those other things? So sometimes the members get mad and we don't let them do a particular movement because they're only doing like 50% right. You know, we really, really want them to understand the basics and the fundamentals in order to move forward. And while they might hate us at the beginning, they'll either leave realizing that we were right and respecting us or they'll stay and they'll start to see the gains that much better. And we just explain it to them. Like anybody could come in and deadlift improperly or learn a clean improperly or a snatch or swing a kettlebell. But eventually you're going to start to see people doing more and moving faster and more efficiently that are smaller and what you might think are not as strong as you, but they're just moving so much more efficiently. So we try to really get them to understand how moving efficiently and moving properly is a benefit to them not just for their safety, number one, but also for their long-term gains to continue to improve. So those during those five classes, we go through different skills, the mechanics of a squat, the front squat, overhead squat, the mechanics of, you know, getting a barbell from your shoulders to overhead from like a shoulder press, push, press, push, jerk, kettlebell swing, uh, deadlift, and then um, some of those movements, and then some 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 gymnastics movements, really just going over a push-up and a pull-up, and then, you know, how we scale for those things, which is if somebody can't do a pull-up, which a lot of people come in and can't do a pull-up or a push-up, how we get them to keep moving so they're not just sitting around saying, I can't do a push-up, what am I supposed to do now? You know, just getting them to learn the mechanics to eventually hopefully get them to be able to do that movement, whether it's a pull-up or a push-up or a muscle-up or deadlift or whatever it might be. You know, we start teaching the basics, like the hip hinge is the second thing that we teach, you know, one of the first things we teach them is the hip hinge before we teach the deadlift and the kettlebell swing, and I think that just starts to ingrain proper patterns for them to move better. That That's awesome, man. I really like what you're saying there, and I would hope that that's how all the gyms are because that's, I mean... <coughs> That's awesome. I mean, that's what everybody needs right there is to learn these basic movements first and then progress um, to the more advanced exercises. Now, you did name a bunch of the exercises, but you do, I mean, you do have a, a spread there. I mean, you do some Olympic lifting. Um, you do the gymnastics moves. What kind of gymnastic moves do you do, would you say? Uh, so push-up, pull-up, burpee, muscle-up, uh, handstand push-up. Um, pistol, uh, like a one-legged squat. Um, it's probably it off the top of my head. If you consider a sit-up, you know, I consider any body weight movement to right. be, or besides exactly. squat, you know, to be to be right. gymnastics movement. Okay, and then um, and then you do the Olympic lifting you got in there. Um, now, yeah. obviously, because you've mentioned some equipment, they're really, I mean, it's not like you got that much equipment going on in there. What What is most of your equipment consist of? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's no machines there, with the exception of maybe some airdyne machines, uh, some airdyne bikes and rowers. 
every, everything else except that you likely won't see at a gym. As for, well, now you're starting to. Uh, medicine balls, kettle, medicine balls, kettlebells, barbells, bumper plates. Yeah, um, just some, some places might have atlas stones. We have sleds, um, push and pull sleds, uh, pull up bars. Yeah, so so not not too much because you know you basically like my place. You walk in, it's almost like an open warehouse, and then you see some yeah. some rigs around the um the the sides there, you know, with some, and then in the middle there's some um, rings for doing all that kind of stuff, and then of course in yours you've got this monster rig in the middle. Uh, why, why don't you tell me about that again? Well, that was uh, courtesy of uh, Muscle Driver actually, where my wife works. And where I treat the, uh, the the Olympic lifters, it was their first model of this new three by three, which is the dimensions of the of the poles. A lot of the other older ones were like one one inch by two inch as far as the vertical poles, and uh, they wanted one to make and keep close. Where if there were issues with it or different types of things to make it secure, they weren't shipping thousands of pounds of of steel across the United States. So um, we got one. We, we got the first one that they made is actually on their on on their um, front page now. What they sell it was all the pictures that they had from from our place. It's awesome. It's I don't know maybe 48 feet wide. It goes up to 15 feet high. It's got ropes, monkey bars, rings, wooden bars. I mean it's got it's got everything. It's it's really a big. Um, I, I think the size of the place was already like a statement when people came in. <laughs> like, oh wow, this is big. But now, like you know, especially now that we started to do some of these um, level one certification courses, mm. and people come in, they're like, oh, did you, is that what you started with? I'm like, no, oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, you <laughs> got that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, your place. I, know, I look at your place. It's like, yeah, it's amazing. And then now, yeah, and, and now it's you know we we have a, t- a ton of stuff, and we're and uh, and we're always kind of adding more. Now, now we're at the point where we're just kind of re- reloading stuff. You know, it's not like yeah. new stuff. I'm not just going to get like any more. I'm not one that just gets the hottest thing, you know. Right. Um, but uh, you know, just kind of keep adding more for whatever. You know, a couple of patients, a couple of patients, a couple of members ask for something, and we find a use for it, and and then we go and get it. Um, Excellent. Now let me ask you a um, question. What is because you know I'm thinking right now I have no idea. I'm walking in and off the street. What is a workout look like? Do you just jump right into it? Is there a warm up? You know, do you practice different techniques you know, and form? And I think that's between so like in an hour class. You mean like if somebody comes in, right? Yeah, and that you know, and, and those are things that vary. So if somebody was out there looking for a CrossFit affiliate, I think those are things to look for. Um, some are structured like uh, I would imagine a frat house with nothing at all, you know, just like go, you know, <laughs> three, two, one, go. And they're like, whoa, 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 what do you mean I don't have and You already missed the boat, you know. We've got some, you know, a, but a, a lot of them out there, especially now when there's more competition, you need to find things to separate yourself. There's a lot more structure in them. Some, we, we do a group warm-up probably about 75% of the time. And, uh, that would it might be rowing, it might be swinging the kettlebell, it might be some running, lunges, just stuff to get prepped for whatever that workout is. Um, 
sometimes we'll do uh, a strength portion before, like maybe we'll do uh, five sets of five for deadlift or find your one rep max back squat or, you know, seven sets of two hang cleans before. And that's like a not timed portion. So as a coach, you know, a coach or two or three out there working with a group of 15 people to um, work on those strength skills. Because a lot of people come in and they just think about, I want to get faster, I want a faster time, I want a faster time, I want a faster time. And what I think a lot of people fail to understand is most of the time, you need to be stronger. Like people are like, I just want to, and especially women will find women will skip some of those classes that are predominantly strength-based. Why don't you go to that? There's just no cardio. Like, but I just want to get a better time at this. Like, well, you know what helps? You know, to lift that easier. And you're like, oh, I never really looked at it that way. So, you know, once once we once we start getting members to understand that, that like the strength portion has a role. And I think the important part when I'll separate the good affiliates is explaining to people what they're doing. You know, like why you're doing this. Some people come in like, what do you mean the workout's only, you're going to cap it at 10 minutes? Well, because we want you to be done in under five. And we want your intensity to be like through the roof. It would be like telling a sprinter, you know, we're going to cap your 40-yard dash at 11 seconds. Like, shit, of course I'm going to get done under 11 seconds. We know. But there might be some that are going to jog this and take their sweet time, and that's what we want to try to avoid. So, like, the the intensity part is what is important to get them to understand. So, um, the, 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 if, if we do the strength portion first, then usually we have a shorter metcon, like a me- metabolic conditioning. Um, maybe 8 to 12 minutes, 15 minutes tops usually if we do a strength portion before. Um, if not, maybe they come in and do a group warm-up. Uh, before the workout gets started, we're going to go through the workout. We're going to show you the movements. We're going to show you what's what the standards are that we're looking for, how to do it properly. We'll go over how to scale it. Again, like if, if you need to scale the weight and go down on less weight or you can't do a pull-up, how we'll scale you to pull-ups. If you can't do a muscle-up, how we'll have you still be able to work out together as the group, but just not doing that skill and give you something to kind of work towards getting that skill faster. Um, so, some workouts might be 30 or 40 minutes. And, and that's where I think the, the difference between each affiliate, some affiliates do strength before every class. Do a, do like a slow, untimed barbell strength portion. Never do never do any of it. Some only have these huge, long, 30 or 40 minute grueling workouts because that's what they think people want. And then until you educate the person on like, no, 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 no. That's, that's not what you want. You're not getting better at anything except for just like grinding out a workout. Yeah, every, every once in a while, that's good, but certainly not. Uh, it doesn't take any skill to program a workout that makes somebody feel like crap every single day. Right. You know. That's fine. And that's what. And that's what when members first come in. And I think if if there's anything that's the hardest part is when somebody that comes from the gym, two hours in the gym, or an hour and a half running. Like, well, what do you do for the rest of the hour? You said you cap the workout at thirty minutes. You got to try to get them to understand. Rarely do I get into, like, phosphogen and glycolytic and oxidative cycles because that's not going to do any good, you know, as far as them understanding. But I'll just try to explain it like like if you're running a race, you know, you're you're not going to run a marathon at your 400-meter pace. 
you're not going to run 400 meters at your 100-meter dash pace. So starting to get them to understand why we cap workouts what we do is the intensity level is the is the biggest difference. And um, once they understand that, they start to kind of, you see like a light bulb flick on, and they start to start to get it, and that's like a really cool part. When somebody goes from, I'm not really seeing results, and like two weeks in, I'm like, well, you know, it's been two weeks. <laughs> you know, uh, you're 41. 41, it took you at least 28 years to get to where you are now that you're coming in here looking for something to help you. Um, it's it's science. If you start to eat better and do more exercise, more lift weights, you're going to see the changes. Like it's just be patient. Excellent. Now, um, I know there's there's definitely, and we are, you, you explained what a Metcon is a little bit there, but there's definitely some key terms that a lot of people mention. So, for example, uh, WAD. What, what exactly is a WAD? That would be the workout of the day. I guess that's probably started in CrossFit back in uh, 2001, maybe, when they started posting the workouts online. I don't, I, I don't know the history of that. I, right. I'm... I'm yeah, I don't know who who came up with that. That was CrossFit or somebody else, and then CrossFit just kind of took it and ran with it. But yeah, WAD would be short for workout of the day. So if someone's like, "What you know? What WAD did you do today?" That would be it. Okay. Now, how about like long words? You know, I'm just thinking about patients coming in to see me, and they say, yeah. "Oh, I did you know the AMRAP." What does right. that mean? Okay. So yes, yeah, so that's like usually either as many rounds as possible. Like if it was. Hmm. And say if it was five pull-ups, ten push-ups, fifteen squats, an eight-minute AMRAP, that five, ten, fifteen, that set of that, that that triplet of exercises would be one round. So you do five pull-ups, five push-ups, five. I'm sorry, like five, five pull-ups, ten push-ups, fifteen squats. That would be a round. So for at for eight minutes, you will do that as many rounds as possible, or as many reps as possible. So. Um, you know, we we try to get people to understand this, not just as many rounds as possible, but also as many reps as possible. So if you get done and there's like 15 seconds left, you don't just stop because you're not going to finish a round. Mm-hmm. You might get, you know, five rounds and two and two, two pull-ups. You might get five and a third rounds, five and two third rounds. Um, so just short, uh, what are those called, acronyms? Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so, yeah, so. Um, cool, and. And and then you mentioned earlier that the first work, workout you did was the Filthy 50. What what does that encompass? Um, 50 reps for, for time. So you have you've got workouts that either um, have a have a, a a time cap like those AMRAPs. You know, eight minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, where everybody starts and everybody finishes at the same time. The only difference is how much work they got done during that fixed amount of time right and then you've got time and then you've got other workouts where the time is the variable where everybody has a list of tasks to do everybody starts at the same time but we don't all finish at the same time mm. right that, that that part makes sense that makes, so yeah filthy so so filthy 50 is 50 reps of 10 different exercises I don't know if I can name them all. Um, you know, there's box jumps. There's uh, kettlebell swings, jumping pull-ups, 
burpees, wall balls, back extensions, walking lunges. Oh, it's pretty short. I don't know if I'm gonna do it. Uh, well, and then all right. Well, I get I get the point. I get the point. There's, there's but it a is, bunch of it is it is it is horrible. Yeah, it's 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 one of those where like we would put a time cap on it. You know, so we're not. We do, our goal isn't to have somebody to work out for an hour, but diminishing intensities every ten minutes. You know, to the point where they're at like thirty percent at the end. So we put a time cap on it. It force it, it allows people to keep that intensity up and not try to kind of milk it to the end. Right. And that's one of those workouts where we would put a time cap on to try to keep the intensity up and that, then not be worried about working out for an hour and a half. Right. Cool, cool. Now, um, a couple other buzz things. You know, there's some named workouts, I guess, like female names, like Cindy and Fran. You know, what's the what are, what are those all about? Um, rumor has it that uh, I think Greg Lassman, who founded CrossFit, was and he came up with a lot of these workouts. And I think they did Fran. Well, it wasn't called Fran. It was 2159 thrusters and pull-ups. So instead of 21 of each, instead of 15 of each, instead of 9 of each. And they had a couple of these workouts. And um, something to the point about, like, you know, at, at the end of it, they're like, you know, this workout has to have a name. Like, what are we going to call this thing? And he said, you know, what what kind of thing, I don't know, leaves you sweaty on your back, panting and yelling and something like that. He's like, we should, we, we should name these the girls. And uh, I, I, that, that might not be the exact story, but it's, 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 something, it's, it's, it's something like that. At least that's, that's, that's the room or something like that. You know, yeah, and, and no. there's, so the cool thing about it is that, you know, I could go anywhere in the world and say I did Fran or Helen or Diane, and everybody know, and uh, everybody that's crossing it would know what I'm talking about. You know, it's now what? So what? What is a? So what's a CrossFit benchmark workout? Like one of those, you know, I think any of those benchmarks are, you know, w- we use like uh, Fran, Helen is one which is running kettlebell swings and pull-ups as a good benchmark one, something that we we like to use, ones that combined some of that conditioning, whether it's a row or a run, a skill, and some type of either weightlifting movement, whether it's a, a kettlebell or a barbell. Um, Fran is, is Fran's certainly probably the most popular one. Helen's a pretty popular one. Filthy 50, you just talked about. Um, Fight Gone Bad, which is um, f- f- five rounds of five different movements and then um we also have like the um the heroes workouts which is also pretty cool and that's any well the heroes workouts are male or female they're named after people that have lost their life in either com most of them are combat and you know cross it was and was and still is fairly big in the military uh ranks so um people that lost their lives in in war uh they would they would create a workout after them and usually the the rep scheme would have something to do with maybe like the the month then year that they passed away or maybe the month then year that they were born something like that um so i think the, the most famous one's probably murph they just made that movie about about him um 
The Lone Survivor, I think. Lone Survivor, yep, great movie. Yeah. So, um, the, that's probably the most famous of the of the um, heroes workouts, and uh, and that's you know similar to the girls. It's not necessarily. I think they they tend to be a little bit longer duration. I don't know what you know, what what the purpose is. I think it's kind of like just you know, I, I guess is as much as you could actually think suffering in a workout is to suffering to being at war, you know, kind of something like that. Like, um, but yeah, you know, and, and, and whenever something, whenever something happens, I know there's some, there's been some, some, uh, benchmark workouts for things like, the the Boston bombing, hmm. probably, uh, September 11. So not just necessarily an, right. an, an individual, and I think that uh, people write in to get these, and then CrossFit will kind of like approve it. Right. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And, and, and one of those other things that, you know, wherever you go and you say, you know, I just did Michael or Murph, or um, people will know, people could compare that. So people across like, across the world can kind of like compare a similar workout, which I think a lot of people like in, a lot of people kind of like that part of CrossFit where you've got friends all over the place where you're in the regular gym. It's like, what did you bench today? What did you do? It's like there's only so many questions you could ask about. Um, But those numbers, and there's, I think, an infinite way to improve as well, which is also a big draw to CrossFit, I think. Right. Always working on improving. That that is interesting. Yeah. Everyone's trying to get better, faster, stronger, and yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Um. Well, we're um getting deep into the interview here, so um let's talk. It's it's kind of huge, but the the CrossFit Games. If you can um kind of briefly run us through um what those are all about and how that works. Yeah. That I think started back in 2000, small 2006, 2007, maybe even before then. Um. Now it's you know this much bigger thing. Uh, it starts with the CrossFit Open, which now allows anybody in the world with a video camera and a clock and a couple of pieces of equipment to be able to do the workouts. And then you would log your workouts in, put your score in, and videotape it and have, have it judged. Or you know, it was videotaped and somebody would count your reps for you. And uh, they, they, sp- they split up the uh, the world into uh, regions. So I think in the United States there might be seven regions. I think in Canada there, there's two regions, and there's like Asia's a region, Africa's a region. And they split up all the regions. Um, and so in the open, there's five workouts that get um, gets announced on a Thursday night, and then by Monday night you have to com- you have to complete it. And then at the end of those five workouts, you're you're kind of uh, your scores get graded in against the the people in your region and the top 48 men and women from each region and the top 30 teams, which we combined of like three male and three female competitors, go to the regional. So um, I know there's a Northern California, Southern California regional. There's a regional like where North Carolina, where in the mid-Atlantic. So in the Mid-Atlantic region that goes from I think Pennsylvania down to North Carolina, there's a Southeast regional, and these regionals are usually at a college. Ours is at a 
George Mason Fieldhouse. Mm. And then all those teams get together and those individuals. And there's three days of uh, CrossFit. I mean, it's, it's crazy to, to watch. We've been to the last three or four years of the Mid-Atlantic Regionals. And it's it's great. And then from each region, each region now does the same workouts. And then from each region, the top three men, women, and teams then go to the CrossFit Games in California at the Home Depot. I think it's been the Home Depot Center for the last three years. We, we went there last year, and it was it's quite a show um, to, 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 to see that stuff. You know, and, and back to the seeing the same workouts across from friends of yours, it's, it's just incredible to do a workout and think, like, I don't know how somebody can go faster. And then realize, like, some people do it, like, 50% faster. You know, I think it, it really gives – I would think unlike any other sport, you know, like – if you played golf or you played baseball or football, like to really understand how to really feel what it's like to be so much better than than that, or to really even try to fathom what it would be like to 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 to, to, to do that, I think that it happens in CrossFit, and that's what a lot of people get excited about uh, seeing that. And then the CrossFit Games is it takes the top, it, it finishes the CrossFit Games Home Depot Center um, over th- over four days. It's about seven or eight workouts. Um, and it's the top 30 individuals, it's the top 30 men, women, and teams uh, in the world of CrossFit. And uh, when it's, I mean, it's uh, not only their skills, their strengths, their gymnastics, not just that, it's like you've got to be able to recover. It's like an endurance. It's, you know, just imagine how you feel after, like, you did one tough workout on Thursday, and on Friday your legs are a little bit sore. Like this is two, two, two or three workouts a day, and, you know, twice as hard as you you, you might ever do. Um, so it's 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 not only like, you know, I think anybody anybody can beat anybody on any given day in like one workout, but you stretch that over four days, and um, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it it really is like when people and you know yeah it, it it was great to watch it was great to be there to kind of see that up close and see like the what it's like yeah i was watching i was watching it online the finals and just rich froning i mean that guy is just a machine right? yeah <laughs> i mean it's, 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 it's endurance it's amazing to see. It was, yeah and, yeah 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 it is endurance yeah and it was crazy and i don't you know that guy I mean, he's like the face, almost, you know, you could say he's like the face of CrossFit. So he travels all the time. He's always doing things, yet he's still in peak condition all the time. I mean, that's that's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty incredible, I I think. Um, And and now how how big it's getting and how it, you start, and now with the money involved in it, you start, you know, you start seeing more and more. I think there was almost 200,000 people in the open. That was Hundred and thirty. That's three times bigger, as big than it was two years ago. You know, this is a huge, a purse of two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars to a winner. You know, a, a lot of these top guys now and top girls, that's their full-time job. Yeah. You know, they they stop their real work to to do this. Do that, probably sponsored and and yeah, yeah, oh, yeah for yeah. appearances and yeah. stuff and that. Yeah, it's yeah, taking yeah, on yeah. a whole a whole new life. 
All right, cool. Well, um, well, that's that's pretty interesting. I think everyone's going to be very well informed now on what CrossFit is, because again, that's you know a lot of big misconceptions about what it is. Um, so one interesting thing, you know, you're a chiropractor and 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 you own a CrossFit, so um, you know you must see some injuries. I would I would take it there. So what are some common things that you might see um, with some of your people there? I think the most common stuff that we see is certainly well back pain obviously just the doctor's office in general. But I think in, in knees and shoulders. Knees and, and shoulders, yeah. Uh yeah. And 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 I don't know how many of them like, uh, you know, a lot of people have misconceptions when people come in it's like people are gonna get hurt in CrossFit. We've got so many people that get better so much faster, even if they never saw me as a patient. Just right, from right. teaching them how to move, move properly, move right. better, get stronger. Um, so that when well, let, well, let me ask you say, another question. Let me ask you another question too, because I've seen some. Um, have you seen any interesting cases where maybe someone isn't coming to you for pain, but they're having a performance issue, and you use NKT to help them? Do you see? Do you see those? Yeah, 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 yeah. We do that. I mean, I I treat. Um, I go every Thursday to Muscle Driver to treat the Olympic lifting team there. You know, I got a team of uh, ten people, coached by Glenn Pendley and Don McCauley. I've been doing that for come up on a year and a half or so. So you know those guys aren't necessarily always complaining of pain, but for some of those guys, it's like one one or two or three degrees of better. You know external rotation of the arm or internal rotation, something like that, to catch a clean or to get underneath the snatch makes a, a huge difference. You know, where they don't have pain, I go there regardless. Um, I treat them regardless of whether they have pain or not, just to help recovery. And for those guys, for sure. But as far as in the doctor's office with like regular people, you know, even just getting them, you know, ever since level two, we talked about the breathing a lot more and we've been focusing on that. Um, getting people to understand their breathing, getting people to get the core to start to fire better. We'll see people in like two visits and like you know, the, the, they might come into me like not having any pain, but I just feel like something's not working when I deadlift. Right. And I'm like, well, what, you know, like, what do you mean? Like, I don't know. I'm just this big guy and the barbell does not come off the ground that I think it should, you know? And, right, right. You, know, we, you know, you go in, you test them, and you find, you know, glutes and core inhibited for something. And we we work on getting the glutes in the TVA or something to start to come back online. And then, like, yeah, you know, get like a 20, 30-pound PR in a deadlift or in a back squat or an overhead squat or something like that or um, – I think especially with the snatch, even though it's, you know, one of the, certainly one of the much more technical moves. Um, but it's also the technical move because it requires a whole lot of stability and coordination right. and mobility, you know. Um, so uh, being able to work with people that aren't having any pain and then they could catch the bar lower which essentially is making it much much easier for them to stand up with a bar. So yeah, I, you know, we I say like about a, th- a third of our patients don't have any pain, you know, or 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 they might come in with pain, and our first treatment plan is to 
you know, deal with that, and we'll we'll evaluate them with that neurokinetic therapy. And then after we get through that part, then it's like, okay, you know, are you having any, you know, if, especially if I don't see them that often, are you having anything that's bothering you, like your overhead squat, your front squat, the rack position, what different, you know, do you have something that that, that you're struggling with and you've been just foam rolling forever or you're doing something like that, um, that maybe we can start to address. Right, right, yeah. right. And that, cool. And um, that's why I like teaching those on-ramp classes. We see people that don't have any pain, but they yet they can't even approach a barbell correctly for a deadlift. Right, right. And then we'll 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 assess them, and then you know a visit or two, they might not still not be strong yet, but at least they're like a much safer position to be able to lift a barbell from the ground. That's a, what a perfect fit, man. That is awesome. You know, one thing that I've been now, you just took level two recently, so you, I don't know how much you've di- dove into it, but I, I know I've been posting a bunch lately on the um, on the advanced uh, NKT page about pelvic floor stuff, and I've been amazed of how many, I mean, because I have an office in a CrossFit, how many of the right. w- women, some men too, but mostly women, who actually have overactive pelvic floors. And I had, you know, a girl the other day, she came in, you know, her hips were in severe pain, her lower back was in severe pain. And, you know, I went and, and started talking to her, and she the night before she did heavy, high rep, heavy deadlifts. And sure enough, you know, her pelvic floor was going nuts. And you know, we did some work there, and bam, she immediately was like better, like <laughs> pretty significantly. Right, yeah. So I'd imagine yeah. that you you probably, if you haven't been, if you start looking. No, at I, I yeah yeah that was one that I haven't. Uh, you know, right after my level two, I went on vacation, and then I just been back starting. Like I've got a I've got a whiteboard in my office, like um, and 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 the doctors where I do the evaluations, and usually. I don't keep notes. I don't keep notes on patients on there, but I write down like thought processes. Or I think right now I have like the longitudinal system and the spiral line, different stuff right. like that, just as far as you know things to look. And uh, this weekend I had a note to like write down the pelvic floor stuff. So when I start looking at it, I I have a a system to like like like, like you mentioned at the very yeah. beginning, have a system. So I have a system for a lot of stuff, but some stuff I just kind of. You know, it's hard. I have you have a system, and then a patient says, "Oh, I have to tell you, when I do this, this happens." I'm like, ah. Yeah. Well, that's I what I've been. You know, with all these, with the especially females that have had um, kids, immediately I start talking about you know pelvic floor things. You know, any pelvic floor dysfunction. You know, how about when you're doing jumping jacks or jumping rope? Oh yeah, when I, I do dumbbell unders, I always have to pee. Boom, yeah, right, right there. Right. I mean, that's. That's in right. There. It just I'm just amazed about how many females I'm bringing this up to, with and without kids, that are having these issues. Yeah, and you so, know it, it, it must have been like six or eight months ago. There was a couple articles going around about yeah. how that was nor- how that's normal. And like, uh, like there's a big difference between the word normal and the word common. Right. And uh, yeah, it's certainly not normal. So, yeah, so it's definitely not normal. That's, that's yeah, that's. That's next on my list of. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you have this a great um, ground to 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 implement these um, these techniques with, and yeah, you know, that's a big part of yeah. that's it's a big part of NKT. I mean, you don't just go to a class, you know, and you know everything. I mean, you gotta practice it. Yeah. That's why I emphasize: yeah, yeah. get a system, start implementing little by little, and and all of a sudden, I mean, geez, I took level two two years ago, and I'm really just really exploring the pelvic floor stuff. These past couple yeah. weeks, 
so much more. So it takes some time. People need a little bit of patience. But excellent. Right. So, um, you know, we're kind of getting the end. I could talk. I got a million questions for you. We can keep on going. But um, let's just um, finish up here. Um, what are um, – well, let's do this. You know, a lot of people are interested in talking to CrossFit or trying to get involved, you know, like as a practitioner and helping out. You know, you're an owner who treats people. What You know, what are some things you might recommend for, you know, an NKT provider that might want to um, try to, you know, talk to a gym owner or something? Do you have any advice for those people? Yeah, you know, we, we, we deal a lot. I think the first thing is I was talking to um, Jamie in mm-hmm. Massachusetts about it. Yep. Um, I think the first thing is I, I think you just have to, you know, I usually tell people that you have to go in and just be a member for a little bit. Even if you hate exercise, <laughs> you, you have to understand, like, I think people are starting to see that this this movement of CrossFit and it's uh, a movement of people that have not necessarily well-to-do, but they understand what their priorities are because they're paying a, a, a good amount of money for a gym membership. So, I mean, I get bombarded every day with people selling me stuff and different people want to get a hold of memberships and lists and stuff like that. So I think if you just walk in there and say, oh, yeah, I'm a chiropractor, I'd love to treat you guys like, yeah, no thanks. You know, I think you got to be like, try to become part of it. You don't necessarily have to join. I think that that thing's easy. I know you said you haven't. Um, (laughs) I think it's the easiest, I think it's the easiest way. But really all you have to do is you get one, somehow you get one of these patients. And if, if somebody walks into your office and like, I do CrossFit. The first thing you can't, if you want to lose them forever, is say, well, you need to stop. I think that's the easiest way to to lose somebody. You know, telling them that, that, that you can't, that that, that you can't. Um, and I think we were at our at our level two this past weekend, and somebody said, "Is running bad?" And Kathy, <laughs> and Kathy's like, "Nothing. There's no bad exercise. Any exercise can be bad if you're moving poorly." So exactly. I think I think understanding that getting just the, the the proofs in the pudding. If you could get somebody to feel better quickly and get them moving better, that's great. I would maybe you know offer to come in and uh, we we do like a ninety minute um, seminar. We've done it at probably six or seven affiliates uh, around us. We've done it at our own affiliate. We've done it at some boxing gyms at a yoga studio. We it it delves into like. It starts with like joint by joint theory, and then goes into a couple of different, um, some great cook stuff, function movement, screenish things, and then the last part is the NKT stability, mobility, and try and get people to understand the differences. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think if you come in from more like a stability standpoint, which is what, what we do, and it's really kind of, I hate to say, bucks the trend of. The only other person that's in CrossFit, which is Kelly Sturette, which has done amazing things for it. But, you know, we find a lot of people that come in, like, I've been foam rolling, I've been voodoo flossing, I've been doing all this stuff, my shoulder still hurts. And in, like, four minutes, they leave and they can take their shoulder over their shoulder. And granted, it doesn't happen with everybody. Right, right, but, right. Of course. You know, like if, if you could come in there and get them to understand, like, not every every problem is a mobility problem, and do something quick. We, you know, we we do something where you know they we have them bend and touch the ground, and we have them squeeze a medicine ball between the legs, and we'll see. And then we have them sit down on the ground and kind of see how their mobility improves. And just from there, start to get them to understand that okay, you didn't even touch me, and now I've got more range of motion in my hamstrings. 
Exactly. You know, so then they start to think, they're like, okay, maybe this guy knows something. You know, and maybe offered it. I'm not big on treating for free, but you have, they have to experience it. You know, it's the same, like, like when you said the other day, somebody else on the, on the, on the Facebook page was like, somebody called me a wizard. I did voodoo. <laughs> I had a girl the other day that, that, that right. I, you know, yeah, I had a girl the other day that, that, um, she, uh, was doing her boxing gym and for like six weeks or six months, I don't know what it was, her hand, wrist, and elbow was hurting when I was shooting for boxing. And, but when she came to the gym, it wasn't so bad. And we started looking at her grip and, she she's been dealing with this. She stopped work. She stopped coming to the gym for a month. And she came in the next day, and it was I think it was like ripped to like two like to like quadratus and borum. So something that's hard for somebody to really understand how that works. You know? Right, right, right. It it, it, it like 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 when I tell somebody like when I catch the, the 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 QL, and it blows out, and I tell them to make a fist and extend their extend their wrist, and it gets strong. They're like, what the? It's crazy. <laughs> You know, and then, then even better. And then they come back the next day and they're better. I was like, "How are you feeling?" She's like, "Uh." <laughs> she goes, "I don't want to say better because I just don't <laughs> believe it yet." You know, like, I understand. You know, it's like I don't understand right, how, right. how for six, right. how for two months, I, I, this hasn't gone away, and you do this magic man stuff, and you give me some homework, and I'm like eighty percent better. Well, that's okay. I'll take it. I don't. You don't have to. I'm not looking for for you to praise me. Right. I just right. want to make sure that, that, that I just want to make sure that we're headed in the right direction. So that's you don't have to you don't have to give anybody credit. Just let me know that 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 we're getting better. And and once that's they see it, then you're talking to people, and then you start getting it just steamrolls because these people talk, 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 talk. Um, get get one, and you'll start to make the move. Exactly. Yeah, results speak. That's the bottom line. And yeah, it yeah, definitely yeah. gives you a good system to get those results. Yeah. Well, it excellent. So well, um, well, awesome, man. Um, so you you have a Facebook page, obviously, for your um, your gym there, right? What is it? CrossFit yeah, Steel Creek? Yeah, CrossFit Steel Creek, yeah. So people should CrossFit check that out and see some good yeah, pictures. Yeah, of that, yeah, we, yeah, we put a lot of information on um, on there, just as far as the stuff that we've been talking about tonight. Just um I, I get a lot of posts from you guys, and then I'll share them with everybody that that's on our page as well. So I talk about a lot of rehab and stuff on there, on on there too. Awesome. Hey, well, uh, well, well, Brian, it was a pleasure talking to you, and uh, thank you uh, for joining me here on episode episode eight. It was a wealth of information. I know the listeners are going to really appreciate it. So thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. All right. Well. Um, Next week, we have a special guest. Um, I'll give you a little hint, though. Um, we will also have a guest host next week. So pretty exciting. And then we have some, after that, we have, I have a ton of people lined up. And uh, I'm going to try to bust one out maybe, maybe once every week now because I have so many people on my list and so many people I haven't even asked yet that I want to talk to. It's just, so, there's so many amazing, amazing people. And I see someone post something, I'm like, wow, I really want to talk to that person. And, and, um, uh, it's, it's it's amazing. So uh, i got a lot of good stuff lined up. Um, just some stuff. I'll be teaching a level one in Denver in May. In fact, today is the last day for the early bird special. We did get enough people to sign up. 
So I'm very excited because we will be going there. I'll be teaching a level one in New Jersey. Um, the last day for the early bird special there is, is May 7th. Uh, I'll be teaching a level two in New Jersey in August, a level one in September in Detroit, a level one in October in Arizona. I'm very close to getting Atlanta lined up. I'm just waiting for the final okay on that one. And then we also have Charlotte in the works as well, too. And as always, your feedback is greatly appreciated, so feel free to email me at CairoRehab at Hotmail.com. Make sure that you like the Inside the Brain Facebook page. Again, we are on iTunes, so please, if you enjoyed this or any of the other podcasts, please give me a good review or give us a good review. Again, uh, thank you for joining me, and uh, we'll see you next time.